Hey, this is Nancy Rommelman coming to you from the Paloma Media Studios in Chinatown. It is, um, I think it's Sunday morning, the uh, 14th maybe. Um, as some of you know, I was just in Ukraine for a week doing some reporting. got back uh, late on Friday. And I have not been able to jump into any kind of studio to record anything for you. Um, I had dinner last night with Matt Welch, my uh, partner in crime here at Paloma. And I asked him, like, what's... What's the best way for me to record? What should I record? I have three pieces up on Reason, basically speaking with different Ukrainians um, about their experience there, what they think is going on, what they think will happen, uh, what they think of Putin, and what they really need the United States to know. I felt that was the most useful thing that I could do. Um, and then, uh, then I left, uh, and that was not really something I wanted to do. In fact, I was online... Um, uh, in Paris, getting on the plane, texting with um, uh, with my friend Oksana, who I stayed with in Lviv, and also um, a very wonderful young journalist, uh, Antonia Hitchens, who had just gotten to Lviv and was staying with Oksana. And um, they were both saying, in a sweet way, you know, come back. And I I really thought about getting um, off the line uh, and, and turning around and going back, but I came home. And that's a strange place to be. Um, when things are going on with people that you know um, who are fighting um, for their homeland and their lives and wanting to be useful here. I was uh, on Twitter this morning um, uh, messaging with Emmanuel Saliba, who's running a very good uh, site on YouTube called Tracing the Truth, where she can kind of you know, give you an idea of um, what's really happening as opposed to a lot of the misinformation and disinformation. That's coming out, and we both kind of said the same thing. It's like how kind of maddening it is to be here. But it is here that we are, and um, we will be useful while we are still here and before I head back to Ukraine, which is probably going to be within the month. So anyway, what I thought I would read to you instead of my pieces at Reason, again, you can go on Reason.com and type in my name and find them. There's um, three pieces up there. I would read to you what I've been writing on my Substack. Um, go follow me over there. I'd appreciate it. Uh just sort of talking about getting into Ukraine and um, what that was like and the Ukrainian people. So here we go. Here's the first one. I published this on March 7th. Dispatch from Ukraine, the road to Lviv. Good morning from a very lovely house outside of Lviv, Ukraine. I cannot say it was very easy getting here. Yesterday morning, I was eating breakfast in a hotel in Warsaw, watching plans fall apart. The train ticket I had to Lviv turning out first to be a bus ticket, and second, there were neither any buses nor trains going from Poland to Ukraine. But I could get close to the border, to Prismil, changing trains in Krakow. It's been a while since I've traveled by train in Europe, and here's a recalled pro tip. Do not rely on the track number you have been told and get a feel for how the air is shimmying and go with it. I wrote my first dispatch from Ukraine, let's go, let's not go, for reason, on the train from Rossau to Krakow. That's linked below. Disembarked in Krakow, repeated the read the air move, and because I find the town named Prismil rather difficult to pronounce, it's Shemeshil, so you can see how well I'm pronouncing it for you here now. I asked the man in the row ahead of me if Shemeshil was the next stop. I think one more, he said, and that he was getting off there too. I told him, maybe we will walk together. 
Vitali lives in Rotterdam, works on offshore oil rigs and other heavy equipment jobs. He's from Odessa and was, he would tell me in not bad English, he said it was bad, it wasn't bad, it was pretty good, um, that he was heading home to his house outside of Odessa, where three families were living since the start of the war, to take care or, or at least check in with the women and children there. All the men had gone to fight. Vitaly and I walked together from the train. It was already night now, and the station in Prismil was absolutely packed with people trying to get further inland to Poland, with refugee organizations feeding people, just a mad crush of people. Contrary to what I had been told in Poland, there was, Vitaly found out, a train going to Lviv. We headed toward it. Uh, and there's some video links in here if you want to head over to uh, my Substack. Type in my name in Substack or make more pie and you'll find it. It was extremely unclear, certainly to me, but also somewhat to Vitaly, what was going on outside of the building from which people were being let out of rather slowly. It turned out this was the disembarking station for people coming from Ukraine. Women and children, a few old men, and several large, ungainly boys. This last a curiosity until I realized they could not fight. And all the men in Ukraine, ages 18 to 60, are required to stay in country to fight if necessary. Vitaly was certainly going to, he told me, that likely he would become part of a locally, locally organized division protecting his city, rather than going, for instance, to Kiev. On the line with us were many Ukrainian men heading home from Spain, from Poland, doing the same as Vitaly. Also on the line and showing you, or maybe more specifically showing me, another breed that a war environment attracts was a large man telling the crowd in a Slavic accent, I am an international human rights attorney. Can I talk to you? Saying no to him were three men in paramilitary black who said they'd come from Washington state. One assumes to get into the action, though their official line was, I've always wanted to see Kiev. Vitaly and I and about 100 others stood in the cold for about two hours watching people disembark. I should add that this entire time, I was not actually sure the train would be going to Lviv, my destination. We were finally let through, our passports stamped, and led to a train that I will describe as transport, maybe 20 cars long, old and wide, blue and white, the cars the refugees had just ridden from Ukraine on. Maybe we go in here, Vitaly said, as there was no indication of where we should go. We also, I might mention, had no tickets. We climbed aboard. The train had trash and other items on the floor and smelled a bit like a stable, which makes sense as there were no bathrooms that I saw. It turned out that the train was going to Lviv, if very slowly until we got just across the border, when three men with semi-automatic rifles checked our passports and IDs. They seemed particularly interested in my credentials, such as they are, but no problem. Vitaly and I talked with each other and with our neighbors, three women. One lived in Holland and grows tulips, but, per Ukrainian law, can only stay out of the country three months at a time before coming home. Again, I'm not sure if it is the case, she spoke no English, but Vitaly said she might have come back to Ukraine, gathered her child, brought him or her to safety in Poland, and was now heading back. Vitaly, who'd already told me he could not stay out of Ukraine, not while the war was going on, that he wanted and needed to come home, was now himself crossing back and maybe for good. He had a girlfriend here. He owned a house. Maybe it was time, after two decades working in Holland and Portugal and Spain, to come home. You want? The tulip woman asked in Ukrainian, holding out a sandwich to me, one she'd packed for her child, presumably, but which had gone uneaten. I really did want it. I was so hungry, but said no. It's okay. Well, forget that. Both she and Vitaly were on me. Eat, eat, eat. Look, it's going to sound maybe trite or sentimental, but Jesus, the people I've met in Poland and Ukraine are just 
unbelievably friendly and direct, ridiculously right there. I, of course, took the sandwich and within a few minutes was able to offer her a charge for her phone. Then the conversation turned to the universal language of food, Vitaly and the woman telling me where I should eat. And cherry drunk, said Vitaly, indicating some drink, which made the woman laugh and laugh. She comes here to write about war, she said, and we were telling her cherry drunk. And while we were at it, go to this place, she said. And she held out her phone and uh, showed me a restaurant that I should go to in uh, Lviv. Uh, not that many of them are open, but, but some are. There was such crazy, beautiful ease in the way she and Vitaly were talking and laughing, very much like siblings, just so easy as we hurtled through the night. By 1 a.m. Lviv time, we'd reached the station. No one ever asked for a ticket and got down from the train on metal steps that were maybe four inches wide with a rather big hop down. Vitaly helped a few women off. Then we walked toward the main station where the person I was to meet, the husband of someone I have never met, but whom was contacted by someone else I have never met who lives in Portland and had read my writing from there. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe they already have left, said Vitaly, as we headed for the station, seeing nothing of the refugees we've heard so much about. Until we make one more turn and get closer to the station and see the dozens of portable toilets and tents set up and what are maybe 2,000 people milling and waiting in lines, being fed by volunteers at 1 a.m. on a Monday morning. And I am to meet someone I've never met. I know only that he was wearing a blue jacket. Maybe over here, says Vitali, as we head up the big steps to the station, where he will try to get a train this night to Odessa. Ah, maybe that is him. And he walks to a man who is looking at us, looking at my picture on his phone. I say, yes, it's me. The man and Vitali then hold out their hands. They take each other by the wrist, saying something that I am sure does not translate in words to this, but which means I have gotten her this far. You will take her now? Yes, yes, yes. I hug Vitaly so hard and wish him safety, then get into R's nice, warm station wagon and momentarily fail at not crying from gratitude. I will continue this story. For now, please head over to Reason and read Dispatch from Ukraine. Let's go. Let's not go. The lead is below. And if you enjoy these dispatches, please subscribe slash become a Patreon member of Paloma Media. There are tabs on the upper right on the Paloma Media homepage, or of course, you can subscribe to the uh, to the Substack. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, I'll read the next one now.